All right, I want to bring us up to speed where we were last week. If you were here last week, you know, we, we did have a lot of fun with this button here because we, we said that as life comes to us, we have a, a, a chance to respond and react. And that we even unpacked that just real briefly and said, you know, a lot of times for us, reaction seems not as positive as responding. That response seems to be a little bit more thought out, that we're not in a defense mode in that. And so we even said, you know, that there are times that when we hit the easy button, that's us going nuclear in, in our reaction. And so we said, what if we just, you know, kind of did what the disciples did? And we, we try to put ourselves in the same place as them. And so last week we looked in in Matthew 10. And if you'll remember, we just dropped in on the conversation that Jesus was having with the disciples. And by this time, the disciples had seen a lot of stuff. They had experienced quite a bit with Jesus in the day-to-day. -day. And, and, and I do want to remind us, gang, that the Word is God-breathed, but there is, there is a Scripture that says there's no way that this could hold everything that Jesus was about. I mean, just think about your conversations that if you were to try to journal them for tomorrow, 
and then placed tomorrow with the next day and then the next day and then weeks turned into months and then months turned into years. Try to think about compressing three years of conversation in that. And so there's times when I just, I do want to expand our thoughts sometimes because I believe we as a body of Christ that when we read these words a lot of times they're just that, they're words. I want them to jump off the page at us. Because that thing, it's like really, it's almost like it has sides and it's just breathing. It's a living word, right? But I want to take us back to before that was even breathed out. Because see, the disciples that day when we, when we dropped in on the conversation, Jesus, when we dropped in on it, He says, when you are arrested. Remember that? And they didn't have that to carry with them. As a matter of fact, he took everything away from them. He said, I don't want you taking anything with you. I want you to go out, and the thing I'm going to equip you with is that you just tell everyone the kingdom of heaven is near. (laughs) You know, and if I'm in the group, I am going to sit in the back and I'm going to go, hey, Jesus, uh, anything else? No, that's it. Kingdom of heaven is near. And so, sidebar conversation, maybe with Matthew who wrote where we were at, and go, Matthew, are you sure? Did I miss something? We're, we're supposed to go out, and he just said we're going to get arrested. And he said that we were going to get flogged in synagogues. That's the religious guys that knew when Jesus was coming, and so they don't believe that he is who he says he is. And so he wants us to go out into the streets and say the kingdom of heaven is near, and that's it. And Matthew would go, yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. You're a good listener. <laughs> Are you as afraid as I am? And I have to believe that someone would say, yes. And so the thing where I want us to go tonight is, that, is what was their motive? What was Jesus' motive for coming? What was God's motive for sending Jesus? And we even said before we get to that, remember we even said as a body of Christ at times that we realize that the word arrest does mean that you physically get placed behind bars. But our words also arrest people. Because see, part of that definition means to slow someone's course, to try to change their action. And we as a body of Christ get very verbal on some things, don't we? And and quite honestly, it's just sickening. That's just bibbo. It's embarrassing, quite honestly. Now, I have to lift my hands up as well because, see, Bibbo can get embarrassing. I don't want to, but there's times that topics come up that make me go nuclear. And I have to stop and take pause and go, okay, what am I defending and why? He's not the enemy. It's like Deb just said, I believe we as a body at times say the enemy's name more than we say the name of Jesus Christ. The enemy's defeated. The enemy is defeated. There's a verse in First Peter, Second Peter 1, 3, I think I'm going to find it to make sure. It says, by His divine power, by His divine power, we've been given everything we need. And it's just us exercising that. It's putting the ball on the tee and hitting it for the first time. Keep putting it on. Yeah, let me make sure that's it. Time out on the game. 
came to life and got into the, the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue. There you go. Thank you. Amen. By his divine power. So here, go. since you got the books and screen open, let's, let's talk about motive here just for a second. And as you're turning, remember that Jesus told the guys, He said, look, when this happens, don't worry about what to say. The Spirit of the Father is going to be moving through you. Don't worry about what to say. And so I want you to go over and look at Proverbs 20. Verse 27. And I want us to kind of move on into motive. This is Proverbs 20, verse 27. The Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. Most of the translations have innermost being. So let's go back and read it with that. The Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive or exposing every hidden, your innermost being. That innermost being is that place that most of us will allow no one into. It's those secrets that we have that we don't want anyone to know. It's those things that have happened in our world that we just, we've locked away and it's in this locker and we've got the key to it and we don't let anybody in there for any reason whatsoever. Okay? Look who does know. Go over to Psalms. So if you're in Proverbs, slip over to the left to Psalms 139. Psalm 139. This is King David. And this is starting in verse 23. So Psalm 139, verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anyone ever get anxious about anything? And then verse 24 says, Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I am scared to death of that one. Let's just get real. (laughs) Search me, Father. That's just laying yourself out there. And the thing is, as we are saying it, we know, I believe, in that innermost being that we just read about, what He's going to point out. And He's saying, let me have it. What's your motive in keeping that, Bivo? Why are you hanging on to that? What are you going to do with it? That doesn't identify you. I identify you. Kingdom of heaven is near. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so with the disciples, what was their motive? First, I want us to look at God's motive here just for a second. Turn over to John 3. It will be verses that you are very familiar with. John 3, verse 16. Has anyone not ever read the Word of God out loud anywhere? Would you want this to be your first time you've ever done that? I do want to give you the opportunity. Anyone? You do have to come back. (laughs) Who wants to read it? Read John 3, 16 through 18. Read it loud.
Amen. Who's the condemnation for, gang? All right, so everyone that believes, have you ever thought that you were going to get condemned? You can release that. There is no condemnation. So God's motive was for what? What was God's motive in sending Jesus? Go back and look. Yes. That who would be saved? The world. The disciples are going out and they're being equipped. So we're starting to get to the point that God is going through Jesus. He's saying, look, look, Jesus, remember it was the triune, God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And they're there and this is what's got to happen. This is what's going to happen. Jesus, at the right time, you're going to go. And then we're going to pin these words at some point. And I'm going to let everyone know that everyone that believes in you, Jesus, believes in me, the Father, and there is no judgment, there is no condemnation for them. And then, Jesus, you're going to go tell the disciples to do that, and then it's going to spread like crazy. Let's read one more. John 6. Scoot over just a little bit to John 6. Gang, there's tons and tons and tons of Scripture to back up the motive of life and love that God is sending. This is John 6. It's verse 38. This is Jesus. He says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. So if anyone ever asks, what's the will of God? Here's your answer. It's John 6, 39. And this is the will of God. It's the purpose. It's the reason. It's the motive. That I should not lose even one of all of those He has given me, but that I should raise them up the last day. For it is my Father's will, it's my Father's purpose, it's my Father's motive, that all who see His Son and believe in Him should have eternal life. I will raise them up on the last day. Quick time out. The disciples are going now, gang, and they're going to a people that I believe some of them deep down did believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that He was Emmanuel, God with us. But most of them refused to believe it because their livelihood was going to change drastically. It was a political scene. There was a lot of hatred going on. There was a lot of friction going on because these guys that had been following Jesus, some of them who had been following John the Baptist first, Andrew and Peter, they were the first ones that Jesus said, hey, you guys come follow me. Why? And if you go back and if you read, when you read every point of place that Jesus finds the guys then says, come follow me. You know what they were doing? Working. Say it again, Pop. They were working. They were working. They were in the workplace. They were doing with their hands. They were out plowing. They were out fishing. They were doing what God had equipped them to do. They weren't in synagogues. They were going to get drugged into synagogues and get flogged, Remember? The new way is coming. But yet the disciples, all they were equipped with, I really want you to get the gravity of this game, is that they were equipped with nothing except Jesus. And yet if you're anything like me, I want to fight the battle myself. How in the world did they ever go in there? And, and if so if someone said, how do you know that Jesus is the Messiah? See, people ask us that today. 
How do you know that Jesus is the Messiah? Well, one of the guys could have said, well, I saw this Roman soldier come up and he asked because his servant was sick and Jesus said, man, your servant's going to be... Well, let's go see this, your, your, your sick servant. And the Roman soldier said, you don't have to. If you'll just say the word, my servant will be healed. And his servant was healed. I saw that. And so what if the guy said, well, I don't believe that. What do you come back with? What was their motive to stay in it? So here's where I want to get you guys involved. You ready? All right, I need everybody to take one of these. Pass them out. I hope I may not have enough. If I don't, I'm going to read, I'll read it off and then I think I have enough. You're going to need a pencil. Will you help hand these out? Here you go, Pop. Hand those out. Thanks. You need a pencil. Okay. Is everybody getting one? You may have to, if you want to, you can share. I've got tons of pencils. I got 144 pencils. I may not have enough sheets. Got it? Okay. Look at me here just for a second. You're already looking at the list, and that's good. Here's what I want us to do. Does everybody have a sheet? Show your little sheet. Okay. What I want us to start doing is I want to start connecting you with the disciples. And I want to start putting us on the same ground that the disciples were on. Okay? The first ten that you see there, this list, by the way, is not meant to be exhaustive. But what can these ten can be are reasons that we move from. It can be motives that we operate from. Alright? And so what I want you to do in just this little list, take just a couple of minutes, look at the list. And so as we are responding and or reacting to life, are we operating out of one of these ten? For example, what makes most folks get up and go to work if they have a job? Money. What's the motive? Money. Okay. All right, if that is, there's, that for some, that is the case. Yep. For some, it's self-preservation. self-preservation. For some, it's that. See how your own individual place is. So what I want you to do is just look at those and determine whether or not if one, for you, now it's you, it's you, it's you, and put your just gut instinct down, are you operating out of a position of defense or is this one that is more positive for you? That it's beneficial for you to operate from the motive of anger? 
All right, give you a couple minutes to do that. All right, is anybody not? Get... All right, let me. That's cool. No, no. Uh-uh, not just work. So what you're going to do as life happens, so you'll take the first one, is self-preservation, is that, a, is that a defensive position motive for you, or is that a beneficial? Or is it both? Is love, is that a defensive position for you? Do you operate defensively out of love, or is that a positive? Fear. Is that defensive, beneficial, or both? Sex. <laughs> we won't open that can of worms. <laughs> is that defensive? So is that cleared up a little bit? Yes. Okay. What exactly is freedom of body and mind? I don't want to. I don't want to define it for you. When you're finished, let me see your little peepers. Peepers, everyone? Most everyone have it? Okay. All right, I want to start connecting. Now, I do want you to start speaking this out a little bit. Knowing what we know, what do you believe to be the disciples' initial motive in following through with what Jesus wanted them to do in stating that the kingdom of heaven is near? Man? All right. Love, what else? What was the disciples' initial motive for following through with what Jesus wanted them to do when he fear. said the kingdom there was fear love do you think he, yeah what do you think it was I think it was several huh eternal life alright what else freedom you see alright Yes. That's what, all right. Who else thinks that as well? Do you th- body and mind. Yeah. So they need to say, um, get out of there, they will be free. Both body and mind. Yeah. All, all right. That's were- really cool because I have a hard time with thinking that the disciples were not perfect. Yeah. Because they were the first ones that do this call. So why wasn't everything that they did absolutely perfect? I love like, it. Like the self-preservation event, or not the self-recognition, they still had all that crap they had to deal with. Yeah, this is why it's just so cool. <laughs> Their dashboard was flashing like crazy. Had to be. Well, 
one of the couple with that that they they understood so little until after he was gone. All right, hang on to that for a second. We're not there. That's so true. Because do our motives ever change in the course of when we are about to do something or we're in the midst of doing something? Or afterwards. Yeah. How many of us have ever had our parents say something to us and we just look at them like, man, you are the mayor of Idiotville. I'm not listening to any of that. And, and, and the, the kids, <laughs> it's okay. Right? And so the thing is, is that as we're saying and living life, our motive starts to change. All right, Gavin. All right, real quick. What I believe, I believe that the disciples in the initial going was all the above. I believe they had every emotion going within them, and that at that some point, when you start getting uh, your the hide on your back torn off, your motive just may change. I believe they felt every piece of anger. I believe they felt every piece of hate. I believe they felt every piece of love. I believe they felt every piece of fear. We know that they wanted self-recognition because there was a couple of them that asked, hey, can we sit at the right hand of the Father? The right hand is the hand of power. And so they wanted that. But what about afterwards? What about after the resurrection? What about after the resurrection? Did their motive change? Mm -hmm. it, the light switches started coming on, didn't they? He is who He says He is. They went from running from one girl to going telling everyone. There was no personal gain. There was going to be tremendous turmoil in their lives. And yet they still went. Why? And I love this. Because they weren't attending church. They were being the church. They were being the church after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they were setting it up. And we said that we want everyone to experience the freedom of body and mind. The kingdom of heaven is here. We want everyone to experience that. And so this is what I love about seeing you guys. It's because, see, the world, the, the disciples went out before and said the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then afterwards, do you think their mojo was just a little bit different after the resurrection? Man, they, I'm telling you, I know knowing what they knew, but they walked into a town and going, Jesus is who He says He is. And I am who He says I am. You may take this body, but you'll never take my soul. You'll never take my spirit. I will never stop loving you. You can spit on me all you want to. You can arrest me with all the words that you want to, but I'm going to keep coming at you with love. And I will not fake it with you. And I'm going to keep driving. And I'm going to keep driving. And I'm going to keep asking. And I'm going to keep loving you until you too believe that the kingdom of heaven is here. And then we're going to go out and feed every hungry person. We're going to go out and help all the orphans. And we're going to go out and get all the widows. And we're going to love each other's socks off so much that people are going to say, man, oh man, what juice are they drinking? And all we're going to say is Jesus' juice. 
<laughs> we will be filled in the Holy Spirit of Him. We'll no longer be filled with debauchery. So in closing, you, my friends, are the disciples. I'm watching you. And that's the cool thing is to see how you're interacting with folks at your work and at school and in the community. Because you're telling everyone that you are secure in who you are in Him. And you're living out that the kingdom of heaven is here. And isn't it a beautiful ride? But isn't it oh so messy? Grace is messy. Amen? Father, I thank You for a, for a people that get it, that want to get it, that want to love You out, and that their motive is just pure. So Lord, us too, like the disciples that when there's times that we feel like we have to fight this on our own, as they learn that we do not have to. So Lord, I pray that we just continue to connect with others outside of this time that are willing to go and believe You out. So Lord, it's been an awesome time. We just love You. We thank You for loving us through the empty tomb of Christ. And so Father, as we do participate in the Lord's Supper, the communion, Your banquet table for us, we thank You for all the yeses in the room. Father, if there's anyone that desires prayer, I just pray that they would grab someone they feel safe with and, and do that tonight. And so, Lord, we love You and we thank You for loving us. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.